I'm Lee Foster. You're listening to Action, the no-bullshit podcast dedicated to the pursuit of acting excellence. Enjoy this episode. All right, so on this episode, my guest is Tony Howell. Tony Howell is a digital strategist for Emmy, Grammy, Tony, Oscar, and Olivier award-winning artists. His work has been featured by Google, Squarespace, SAG-AFTRA, Actors Equity, and more. Before becoming an entrepreneur, he was an actor for 20-plus years, performing on Broadway, off-Broadway, national tours, and more. In addition to weekly free content and scholarships to his quarterly programs, Tony donates a percentage of all profits to Broadway Cares slash Equity Fights AIDS, and 100% of all the profits from his book, Artists to Artist, to the ACLU. Learn more at TonyHowell.me. Tony Howell, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Honored to be here. So let's start with you describing, first of all, what it is that you do. I am a digital strategist for artists. Essentially, I help you align your offline with your online. What does that have to do with the word branding? Branding is a big buzzword. Branding is the first part of a method that I've developed over the last five years. But to me, I think branding is the act of building a brand. And so I want to break down the word brand for you, which is to me, name, identity, reputation. So I'm going to give some examples. Nike, business brand. Nike is the brand name. Identity, swoosh, reputation, global athletic company that helps us all move forward. Personal brand. Oprah is the brand name. Identity is actually her face, whether you see her live on video or a photo of her, that is her logo, her face. Reputation, goddess, who helps us all move forward. So for you, your brand is your name. I'm going to say that again for emphasis. Your brand is your name. Your identity is your face, which is why photos, videos, and appearances, live appearances are important. And then your reputation is really the act of branding yourself, how you are cultivating and consciously shaping your reputation. And how did you get into this, this field? I started as an actor, but I'm going to rewind all the way to first grade and that classroom exercise where the teacher says, what do you want to be when you grow up? I answered quite literally, actor artist or author. And it's interesting because now at the age of 33, I get to do a little bit of all three. I was a professional actor from the age of 10, growing up at Beef and Board's Dinner Theater in Indianapolis, went to school for musical theater, worked, as you said in my bio, you know, I performed on Broadway, off Broadway, national tours, Kennedy Center, etc. But something was off. And I was on the first national tour of Evita, looking around at people who had multiple Broadway credits, and I asked, do I want to be them? Because our show is going to close, and then you're you know, fighting for the next job. And I made a decision that I wanted more control in my life. So in order to find this path, which is the, you know, the sharing of, of information, I started to look at why I became an actor. So there's two there's two things. One, you want to look back of your your why, your intention, and then you also want to look forward. What is it that you actually want? Because for so many years, I thought Broadway, Broadway, Broadway was what I wanted. But knowing as I'm on this Broadway tour, like what the actual reality is, as opposed to the brand and the sparkle of Broadway. And so I knew that it was that something wasn't off. And so for me, I tapped into the intention 
and I ask myself, why did you become an actor? And I answer with verbs, just like college acting class. I want to inspire. I want to create. And so I now have found ways to inspire and to create in my own way. And so it's cheesy, but the internet is now my stage. And I like to say that I didn't give up on acting. I gave in to a larger calling. That's fascinating. What is the first step to take when, when creating or finding or thinking about your brand? So I'm thinking about the, the audience that's listening and they're all, they're all probably thinking that question. Where do you start? I would start going back to what is a brand and, and recalibrating that. So my definition is name, identity, reputation. But a tangible way of thinking of that is how people react when they hear your name or when they see your face pop up in their life. That's building a brand. It's the emotional relationship to your name and identity. So if you're looking at starting or to build or improve your brand, I would start at the very beginning before even name of like the why, why. And if I analyze five years of clients, I can jokingly say everyone wants to be rich and famous because ultimately that's the entertainment industry. But if we look deeper at why someone wants to be wealthy and why someone else wants recognition, I think at a core soul level, everyone wants to feel love and safety. And I had a light bulb moment that if you combine those words together, it's connection, love and safety in one moment is a connection with someone. And that's why Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are so popular because they help us create connection digitally and at scale. They also build community online. So you can feel like you're a part of something larger than yourself. So I would, before you get started on what it is that you want, what you're going after, I would really make sure that you articulate the why, look back and say like, what is, and that keep going deep, 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 say like, why, 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 so that you can articulate ideally. And this is, this is big, but the first part of a question that I ask is like, what's your purpose in life? Why are you alive on planet earth right now? And, and then how can we use these tools to help you make your impact? and leave a name for yourself. So it goes beyond money and fame to being more about legacy and impact and, and changing lives in the world. So when clients come to you and they hire you, enlist your business, is that the first step that you take with them? I actually have three pathways now. So when you visit TonyHowell.me, and this may not be as clearly articulated because a website is never finished, we're always evolving. But internally on the team, we're looking at really establishing clear choices. There's the free content pathway so you can study and get my podcasts, my videos, my blogs, attend live events. That's the community. Then we have products, which are annual courses that run each quarter. And then we have a service pathway which is becoming a little bit more premium just because we have those affordable products. But yeah, there's different ways to work with me or take my method or, or consume my work. But I want to also rewind and just say, if you're looking at doing all of this, branding is the first step. But to answer your last question, I would definitely start with the intention. And then for actors specifically, like Google your name, because if you're the third Mandy Moore, that's going to be a decision. <laughs> like if you're going to also compete to be Mandy Moore or if you need to create some differentiation. So that's where if it's Michael Hall, you become Michael C. Hall 
Or if you're Brian James and there's another Brian James, you become Brian Darcy James. Or Michael so, B. Jordan. And I have a Bobby Richards. I don't know if you know him from Chicago, but I just had a call with him. And his father's name is is Bob Richards. And there's many other Bobby Richards. So we have he has a decision to make of whether he's going to fight Google and the world to make a name as Bobby Richards, just like Mandy Moore the third, or if we're going to create a little bit of differentiation there so that it's easier to find and connect with him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to get into some really specific questions. What are some of the most common mistakes that actors make when trying to, and I'm going to keep coming back to this word because I think it's the word that most people are going to use when they're thinking about this, when, when trying to brand themselves. So they say, okay, you know, I don't have a website. I don't have, I don't know how casting directors see me. I don't know how, how anyone sees me. I don't know how to brand myself, but I know I need to. And then they start. What are some mistakes that that they're making initially? I think the first mistake is that everyone thinks branding is about fonts and colors, and it's not. And then the second thing would be, especially for actors, branding is not type. To me, branding is the combination of you, party of one, plus them, party of 7.8 billion people in the world, and the balance between this one little speck of dust and then this entire beautiful planet that we live on. And to me, the words that represent that is it's always going to be a subjective recipe of authenticity met with strategy. So some people may may be more authentic and other people may be more strategic, but everyone has their own individual recipe of, and I think part of that too is like owning who you are and deciding if you're going to fight against the way people perceive you or like really dig into that and and play into it. Mm. That's really interesting. This comes at an interesting time because, well, I'll just, I'll explain where I am. So I'm balancing a couple of things. I'm balancing my podcast business with my personal business of being an actor, going out and auditioning and, and all that kind of stuff. And I had a website, I made a website for my, I made an, an actor page on Squarespace and it was really terrible. It was really awful. And I had it up for a number of years, never went to it. I don't think anybody really went to it. Very few people ever went to it. It was terrible. And when I talked to Courtney Rue, who is a client of yours and a friend and partner and everything, she was like, you got to check out this guy. And I went to uh, your website and I, I figured out what was going on. And I went to my website and I immediately just like took it down. <laughs> I took down my website. Right now I have a basically just a like a short film that I did that plays when you go to lead-foster.com and it's just like, it's just a temporary thing that's sitting there that looks okay, but it's like totally useless. And meanwhile, I have somebody building a really, really beautiful, nice podcast website for me in the UK right now. So I've had to think about these things recently with like, who really am I? How do I describe myself to other people? What do I want? And then there is this balance between the worst quality to me is disingenuineness. I cannot stand it. I cannot stand phoniness in people or in myself. And I, I'm constantly struggling to be genuine, not struggling, but, but striving to remain genuine in all situations. And when I'm trying to think, I'm trying to create web, a website and I'm trying to create marketing material. And I feel this, this pull between wanting to be myself and say what I think and, and not be phony. And then this marketing speak that to me is phony sounding. Does that make any sense? 
Yeah, you're feeling the tug of war between authenticity and strategy. And it's real, especially the the larger that your profile gets. So if you imagine Ellen has spoken about this, does she do, she doesn't want to dance every day. Sometimes she's angry, but she has to play happy, happy Ellen. Same thing if you walked into Oprah at 3 a.m. in the morning or woke her up, you're going to get a different version of Oprah than you do the public persona. So as a public figure with a personal brand, like a large personal brand, there will be times that you have to wear the mask, so to speak, or put on the costume and play the role. But I think you want to start building the brand from the inside out, making sure that it is in alignment and that it is who you want to be and become and be seen as. No, that makes sense. It does make sense. This stuff's fascinating to me. You said that that branding is is separate from type. I had a question on here that I was prepared to ask you, but now I don't think it makes sense, which is really a type question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, maybe you have a, maybe you have an idea about it. So, and, and I must say that many of these questions were developed between me and a longtime listener, friend of mine, Nelson Rithaller, who's recently moved out to LA. He's a, he's an actor there. And a lot of times I call him and we develop these questions together. So he helped me with a lot of this stuff. So I thank him for that. And one of his questions was, where is the balance between being too wide versus too specific? So we've got, for actors, there's some people who say, I can do everything. I can do improv. I can do hosting. I can do, I can play comedy. I can play drama. I do theater, TV, commercials, everything. And then there's some people who go, I'm a really, really good Chicago cop. I do it perfectly. And I play cops or I play lawyers and I do it perfectly, right? So that's that's one question, but that also plays into another question, which is on Twitter, for instance, everyone's got their name and then they've got like noun, period, noun, period, noun, period, dad, period, actor, period, entrepreneur, period, author, period, host. And it's just on and on. And I'm wondering, I think those things are kind of related in a sense. Uh, just Yeah. What's your thought on that? Long question. It's okay. I think that the real question is, the first question is about type versus brand. And I think that in the same way that there are different businesses, different pizza shops, different hair salons, every actor has different vibes and goals. So there will be people who just want to work and will take any job. And there will be people who only want to work on Broadway or only want to do television. And so to assign a rule for everyone is a little impossible. That being said, I think there's nuance to the word type, which comes from external cultural as well as casting of the way that we have defined stereotypes, which is Jen Waldman's word. If there's a, a client and friend of mine, Jen Waldman, who's an acting coach who wrote a viral blog, could like, can we stop using the word type and start saying, well, my stereotype is bitchy gay best friend. My stereotype is, you know, mean cop. But as a human, this is who I am. So I think type is you trying to fit yourself into a box of what people are saying you need to fit into this box if you want to work. To me, there's also the idea that when you build a brand, you become a celebrity. So Meryl Streep, well, let's talk about the type of Meryl Streep. She doesn't necessarily have one, but if we talk about the type of Nathan Lane, kind of has a type. So it is a personal choice, which I will then throw to a business lens 
every business advice says niche, 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 be specific, don't be wide. That's very much the, the core of your question. And so that is traditional business advice for any business, not just show business, but I fight against it myself. Like I could help everyone, but instead I'm specializing in artists. And, and even that I'm, it's been a journey of saying no to business clients or even some artists are just saying like, you know what, we are not the best fit. So I think that it's your, it's going to be the listener, you, it's going to be your personal journey. And, and it is that balance of authenticity and strategy or what do I want versus what is the market dictating? What are, what are my team telling me? And keep in mind that you're the boss of your company. So ultimately like you're going to be the person making the final decisions and that you should listen to yourself and your gut and your intuition, like the loudest of among the voices. On that same sort of idea on Facebook, I'm sure we all get this all the time, and I'm constantly invited to like or to follow somebody's page. Some actor that I'm friends with has created, let's say their name is Bob Johnson, and all of a sudden, Bob Johnson has Bob Johnson actor page. Now, and they all want everyone to follow it. I understand the thinking behind that, that they are they're separating their personal life from their professional life in a social media sense. But is that a good idea? Because I don't care to follow Bob Johnson actor because it's just going to be a promotion. It's just going to be promotional stuff. And nobody really, the same reason that I don't follow McDonald's on, on Instagram. I follow my friends on Instagram. I follow people who are going to post interesting things that I'm going to be interested in. And I don't uh, no offense to Bob Johnson, but I don't think Bob Johnson actor page on Facebook is going to be very interesting. So my question is, do you separate these things? Do you keep them the same? Do you, when you're, do you create an Instagram account for your actor self and keep it separate from your professional one? Same goes for Facebook. How does that work? It's a great question. And it's, it's actually common, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but it comes up a lot, so I know that it's important. My mantra is that personal is professional, professional is personal, and nothing on the internet is private. So professional is personal. If I go to LinkedIn and I'm looking at two candidates and they're both equally skilled, I'm probably going to want to work five, seven days a week with the person who has a little bit of personality or that I connect with at a human level, not just a professional, glossy, you know, promotional tool. Same thing, personal is professional. If I go to their personal Facebook and I see that they're doing keg stands or, you know, writing death threats or cursing, you know, cursing out someone, I'm not going to give them the job. So, and then nothing on the internet is private. So be very careful about what you share digitally, whether it's, you know, I, I don't need to say more. I just say, you know, people are hacking. Nothing on the internet is private. That being said, I choose not to live by fear in the same way that I could leave my house and have a crime happen to me. I'm going to live in the World Wide Web and just go after the bad people as necessary, reporting, stopping, blocking, etc. So to me, the 
the balance or the recipe is a mixture of personal and professional. I don't believe in splitting. I have done that when I was a business brand before I merged and just became Tony Howell and company. And it can literally divide your audience. So you may ask, should I follow Bob's page or should I follow his profile? Should I tag him on this one or that one? So it really is something that one should not separate. And I lived this when I separated my business brand from my personal brand, but then eventually merging to just be Tony Howell and company. Now it's pretty clear, you know, that it's all things Tony Howell and company. The one time that I'm going to say that you should divide is if the audience is different. So if Bob also sells real estate, he might want to have a page about his real estate, but that is the only time that I would separate. And to just throw more clarity around a confusing area for actors, I want to talk specifically about Facebook. Now with Twitter and Instagram and these other platforms, it's becoming increasingly easy to toggle between accounts. But that being said, you are doubling your workload and dividing your audience. So why not just let your individual feed be a mixture of personal and professional on Facebook, the difference between a personal profile and a business fan or like page Facebook is free and the product is your data. So your personal profile is free because they are studying the moves that you make and selling those to advertisers. The advertisers have business pages or fan profiles. So when you create a fan page for yourself, you're saying I'm a business and that's great. I believe in that. So here are the pros and cons. The pros to having a fan or a like page are that you get advertising. You can tell people about your new album or your concert or advertise, you know, the reading that you're doing to a specific group of people and reach them. You have analytics. You can suddenly discover, wow, I have a large fan base in Asia. Maybe I need to go do a concert over there. You have business to business tagging. So if you're in a film or you're doing a concert, that particular business brand can tag your fan page, but they cannot tag your personal profile unless things change. But that is so that Coca-Cola or a small business can't go and tag America and spam them with, with even more advertising on Facebook. You can only tag business to business. The downside is that you have 2% reach. So unless you are doing a really great job at social media on your Facebook page, you're only reaching two people out of 100. So you're more effective to use your personal profile and let it be a mix of personal and professional. I do like to claim your name as a fan page. And you can always unpublish the page, which I like to say is putting the Christmas tree in the attic until you need it. Like you just claim the real estate and then you can unpublish it or hide it so that you can resurrect this when you're in that big film or when you have something big that you want to run ads for and just sort of, you know, spruce it up a little bit. But one final tool, which is going to blow your mind, (laughs) is that you can actually clone your personal profile and turn it into a fan like page. So instead of starting with zero likes and inviting all of your friends, your 5,000 friends automatically become your first 5,000 likes on your fan page. Some people listening are going, what? Google it. You can do it. It's a tool. So then you could do that and then hide the page or keep it up. We can circle back to that. But the other thing I want to tell you, if you've already created a fan page and you only have, let's say, 300 likes there, but you have 3,000 friends, I believe, we'll see, Facebook changes and evolves, but you can do the same thing clone your profile, and then submit a request to merge those pages. And so then you would fill it up with the friends that you have. One final thing, again, I'm, I'm here for you all. Turn on followers on your Facebook profile. This is something I want you to think about, but if you go into the settings, it's in the privacy settings, a little bit of the way down, and you'll see public posts. 
you can actually have followers on your personal Facebook profile in a one-way relationship, just like Instagram or Twitter. You don't have to see these people's stuff, but if they're interested in you, they can follow you without becoming a friend. So if you have not turned that on yet, that's a really effective way to get the reach or the eyeballs that one can get on a personal profile is that instead of trying to get likes on a fan page, you are allowing followers on your profile. You can go check out my Facebook profile and page for an example, but the way that I do it, which may be different from actors, but then also go look at the actors that you admire, but I have both. And so it is a mixture. I mean, the the page leans more heavy towards the company and the business. And then my personal profile, I feel more free to share my personal views, but I do, I do mix it both ways. And the one thing that I will do to help my reach on the page is that I will take whatever I share there and I'll tag people in those photos so that their personal profile gets it. I'll share that post from my page to a group or I'll share that post from my page to my personal profile. But the origin of the content is on the page so that it leads people back to the business sense. Unless I just decide this is personal, it's going on my timeline. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, I think I need to go back and listen to that again, but this is an, this is an audio program with a 30-second back button that'll be helpful for people, definitely. I don't know if you have an opinion on this or not, but what about for people who want to start groups on Facebook for, you know, let's say somebody wants to start actors in Upper Michigan. Do you have an opinion on whether that should be a public or private group? I think it's probably related to the purpose of the group, who started it and why. But I think all things that all actions that you take on the internet are part of your brand. So just proceed, you know, with intention and, and consciousness. That makes sense. All right. You, you mentioned something that I need to talk about. That's LinkedIn. I fucking hate LinkedIn. Again, I know that it's probably something that I need. The reason that I hate it is because I had to get it when I had the one real job, you know, the one like cubicle office job that I ever had, it was impossible to get them to stop sending your contacts invitations. And then they got sued over it and had to stop doing it. This was like years and years ago. This was like eight or something years ago. They got sued over it and they can't do it anymore. But it seems like once you get on LinkedIn, it's like almost impossible to get off. And no matter how many times you unsubscribe from their email list, they continue to find you and whatever. But anyways, that's a personal grievance of mine, but I do think I have LinkedIn. I do still believe I do. Is it important for actors to have LinkedIn? If you do not have a website, go Google yourself. And I bet you'll be surprised that LinkedIn will show up towards the top. Um, It actually shows up very high on search results because Google thinks, oh, this is who you're trying to connect with. So the short answer is yes. Much like any social network, if you're not someone who likes Twitter, go reserve the real estate and put up a tweet that just says, hey, my party is on Instagram, clickable link. So you are reserving your name so that as you build a name for yourself, you're collecting followers and sending them to the right place. But your LinkedIn is something that I would encourage you to just keep dusted. It is the office in your online empire. And so it is a visual resume. I've I've gotten requests to teach at universities or, or work at digital agencies. They're like, do you have a resume? I like, no, but I have LinkedIn and I export my profile and I just send it to them. So easy. It takes two seconds. I don't have to get into Microsoft Word or Pages and try to create a resume. Beyond that, it's a network. And it, and as you were saying, it's an aggressive network where it really is trying to 
help people connect. But what I will tell you, agents and managers and producers and the, the money people and the gatekeepers in the industry use that network. So why shouldn't you? If it allows you, like all social networks, to search your address book, you can go get connected with your second degree. And what happens, what happened for me is after I did that, because those people are connected higher and higher up, like major, major people started showing up as people that I may want to connect with. And I know that that means that I am popping up in their world as well. So it is a great networking tool, as are all social networks. But LinkedIn is not something to leave dusty and neglected because, again, it's probably showing up in your Google results. And there is an opportunity there to create a resume and a professional network. And people at the highest level, CAA, William Morris, et cetera, are using that to connect with other people. Do be careful that the reason why you're getting a lot of spam is you have the ability and you could use this for good for your own. You have the ability to export your connections. So if I become friends with you, Lee, I could export my LinkedIn connections and grab your email address, which is spammy and it's aggressive. And it's, I think it's a flaw in the system because I get friend or connection requests from people all the time. And then lo and behold, they show up in my inbox trying to pitch me services. So it's something that I want you to use if you use that tool while it's still available before that becomes illegal. So if you do decide to use that tool, and I'm not suggesting that you do, but I'm letting you know it is available, make sure that you really proceed with caution and intention because most of the time it comes off as spammy, unsolicited, cold marketing, and that's not the way to attract business in any industry. And that's the key word. You want to attract business, not go out and push it in someone's face. Mm-hmm. You have a few things coming up and uh, I want you to talk about them before we move on to some other questions. But you mentioned you have a few things coming up. Do you want to talk about those? Sure. So we have some free webinars coming up teaching people how to build a winning website. So that is going to be provided. (laughs) This all stays. I'm putting it on the air. Here it goes. Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So that's the 15th of February through, I believe, the 24th. I'll also be at SAG-AFTRA Foundation on the 24th in New York City, provided that also that event happens. But I'm on a panel So keep your eyes peeled for that. But there's always free stuff on my website. And that is the place to go sign up for any of that or get connected to any of that information. Can you share any specific client success stories that have resulted in in real measurable results? Yeah. And you can actually see all of these people at TonyHowell.me. I took a survey when we just relaunched this website version of the website just to see where people are after three, four, five years. Some of my favorite success stories that are hard results are people making their Broadway debut. Three films that I know of have been offered directly to people from their their work with me and, and social media and branding. Crazy amounts of followers, all of that. But to me, it's also sometimes the softer results. So the beginning of my process is like, what do you want? What are we going after? And to see people then, you know, performing all around the country, which is what they wanted to do as a musician, having a friend and a client like sob when you show them their website, because they they just think that like no one has seen them. And that's exactly how they want to be seen like that. Those are the stories that really mean the most to me. But it, obviously, if you want to see more, you can flip through the testimonials on the website. So for some of the people listening 
probably 99% or higher are actors, some starting out, some further along in their careers. But actors have to spend a lot of money on a lot of different things. Classes, you know, headshots I know are not that expensive. Getting headshots are expensive. Photo shoots, you know, all the various actors access, casting networks, casting frontier, whatever you have to spend money on. Many don't have or at least, you know, they don't feel like they have expendable resources. What are some things that they can do right now, besides the things that we've already talked about, to get them on the right track, or at least to hold their place until they are in a a position where they can spend money on uh, someone like you to help them? Yeah, well, the internet is an amazing place, so you can find community there. I, I host an amazing artist community, and then we also have free content that comes out weekly, videos, podcasts, articles, and live events that are either in real life or on the internet, like a Facebook Live, Instagram Live, etc. We are reevaluating, or going to create a really affordable way to have a one-on-one call with me. And then the other things that that are not expensive is that you can proceed, you know, on your own. I have a free, you get a brand boot camp from me when you sign up for the community, which outlines what I say are my five rules for success in any business. So whether it's Starbucks or an actor, like these are, I think, fundamental business principles. And then I teach my method, the four parts, branding, website, email, and social. So then it's just about taking action and implementation. And the beautiful thing is that these digital tools are pretty cheap. So buying your domain name, then potentially upgrading your Gmail address to email at yourname.com, up-leveling your photography, which I would say is your brand identity, getting videos that show the product in use. So whether that's you on stage at a concert, a clip from this TV or, or movie that you did, but like getting your video footage together. I want to be clear that the work is never finished or perfect, like your craft like your resume, you're never going to be able to check a box that says branding's done, website's done, got my social media done. It's ongoing. So give yourself permission to not have FOMO or to not like compare and just know that you're on your own pathway. And that's something in my own business growth. It was really helpful for me to unfollow people that I was comparing myself to and to just say, I'm going to do it in my own way. And so that may be also a tangible free step that that you do is that you curate what you consume and that you're consciously creating because you're an artist so that you're doing you're doing more taking action on all of these principles. But it doesn't have to be expensive. But the idea, too, is that anyone can build a website. Anyone can, like, start a Twitter account. What you need is strategy. Hmm. And I'll just – I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, that's great. That's really great. I love how you said that it's never done because I'm definitely somebody who wants things to be done, like, finished. And I am – and I want them to be done now. I want them to be done as fast as possible. And I will just, like, work myself – to the bone trying to get something done and just like stress myself out to no end trying to get something done as fast as possible because something that is in progress bugs me i don't know well, are, are yeah. you done lee are you finished do you know what i'm saying right. you are always in right. process so 
it's funny, but as I look to the future for myself, part of my brand evolution is that I'm interested in, in creating a great relationship with your individual devices. So there is something to be said that we are now tethered to our phones, our laptops, our tablets. And so beyond the marketing, I'm, I'm all about kind of creating that balance so that these digital tools become just an extension of who you are in the real world. One thing I want to ask you that I stole from your website is what are the simple secrets to successful photo and video shoots? You want to give that secret up? Sure. I saw the question before we started recording and I think that it's really simple. Like what do you what's the goal? So a photo shoot for a magazine is different than a photo shoot for casting, is different than a photo shoot for a particular concert that you're giving, you know, so starting with a real goal, offline outcomes that you hope will happen from this photo or this video uh, session, I'm, I'm starting to try to campaign that we stop shooting people and that we start capturing them. <laughs> but yeah, and then I think what everyone needs is product photography. So if I was selling a bottle of wine, it's just a picture of the bottle of wine on a neutral background. To me, that's headshots for actors. Instead of playing type, just be like, here's the vessel. You can place it, see how all the different places you can work with this. You could take it to space. You could take it underwater. And then editorial or commercial photography is the more storytelling. And for artists, that's often pictures of you doing your thing. So it's the picture of you at Carnegie Hall. It's the picture of you on set. That's how we tell people, hey, I can do classical. I can do film and TV. I can do musical theater. So instead of trying to sell musical theater in a headshot, I'm like, just be the vessel, be the bottle of wine or whatever, you know, product you decide that you're going to represent and let people place you in their world. And then your catalog, your visual is the actual collection of work that you do or you've done. Sorry. Mm -hmm. A couple more questions before we wrap up, this one specifically is another great one from Nelson, which is like you said that when somebody Googles your name, LinkedIn shows up very high on the search results. IMDB also shows up very high on the search results. And in that link, you can see the bio or at least a chunk of the bio, like a few sentences of the bio. And for people who maybe don't have an IMDB or whatever, um, it'll populate a, a bio for you, which will say something like Lee Foster is an actor known for, and then it'll list a couple of my credits. Uh, that might be it. And you can write your own. I don't know if you can write your own if you don't have IMDB Pro. I'm not sure about that. So do you have an opinion on, on this bio situation? I have an opinion on all of that. The first thing is that we want you to be able to control your Google results. And so that's one of the things that I'm teaching in these webinars that are coming up is how to play the Google game. And the reason why these websites, IMDB and LinkedIn are showing up is because they have domain authority. Is that like it's actually Lee Foster. So they're trying to connect the user with the most relevant news source or weighty piece of content. That being said, we could treat IMDB as if it's your Instagram or your Twitter. It's just another profile on you on the internet. So these are like little side rooms, but I still want you to have a dream home that you welcome people into and they can go visit your IMDB, you know, glamour wall of all of the things that you've done in your house. So the 
checklist for a profile is as follows. This is the way that I would prioritize. We'll get to the bio. But the first thing that an actor needs is an amazing headshot. And you want to put that everywhere around the internet so that I always recognize, oh, it's Lee Foster. Oh my gosh, I, I met him or I saw him. Like that's that's the Lee Foster or the Mandy Moore that I want to connect with. Then in most instances, your name or your handle also needs to be consistent. So there are plenty of people who use like funny names or middle initials here or Drew somewhere, Andrew, other places. It's like, be consistent. Are you Starbucks or Starbucks? You know, then a cover photo is a beautiful place to be creative. So if your profile picture is your headshot so that it's your logo so that I can recognize you like the green mermaid all around the world, hey, it's Starbucks. Your cover photo is a billboard or a bulletin board. So that's your area for self-expression or self-promotion. And you should change that up like a school teacher changes the bulletin board, like mix it up frequently. The bio is the what people will then look at next. So they're going to see your name and your picture. That's the brand, that emotional relationship. Then they're going to look at your cover photo and get a little bit of storytelling. And then they're going to read your bio. And this is where words matter. So it's more about the reader than it is about you. I like the IMDb style and that it's sort of Wikipedia-esque. There's no puffery. There's no honored, excited, grateful. It's just this is what I've done. Make your own interpretation from that. So then it's up to you how you choose to apply that to your social profiles and such. But I do think that a bio is an opportunity to convey people why they should care, why they should click on that link to either follow, message, or visit your website to learn more. But it is a crucial piece of real estate on any profile. And it is something that I think you'd want to control to like upgrade to IMDb Pro and, and really cater that. Okay, great. This brings me to another question. You mentioned that you want to have a great headshot, should it be the same headshot across platforms? So Facebook, LinkedIn, IMDb, all, you know, all of the above, should you use the same one? Well, I think that until you get that verified blue check mark, that is a way to help the user recognize that that is the official version of you. And if you look, provided she hasn't changed, like Oprah does this. So if Oprah's doing it, you should as well. It helps you visually say like, yes, that's the official Lee Foster. Let me let me connect with him. Okay. Okay. That's kind of what I figured. Yes. If you get tired of it, Lee, sorry to interrupt you, but mm. if you get tired of it, I have a client who I've been working with, you know, on a, a retainer basis and she's had the same photo for a year and a half. So we just switched it up across the board. But mm -hmm. the idea is that it is consistent so that I realize if I, if you pop up on people, I should know, follow, et cetera, on any one social network, I'm able to visually connect the dots and say, oh yeah, I also follow them on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it may be. That's good. It's good stuff. Okay. What is your advice on actor business cards? I booked my first big job from a business card. So I had been in final callbacks for Disney's Beauty and the Beast, and they kept having me do LeFou, do it again, do it again, do it again. And I booked a job that was going to take me to Shanghai, China. And so I was like, well, I guess Beauty and the Beast isn't happening. So I'm getting ready to go to China, and I'm walking down Ninth Avenue in New York, and I run into the choreographer on the street. And he's like, hey, we love you. And I was like, well, that's good to hear. Thanks so much. I'm actually getting ready to go to China. He's like, what? So I gave him my business card on the street. And lo and behold, the next day I had an appointment to go in for the entire creative team and Disney people. And, and they all said yes. And I booked the tour from that business card. So it's critical. Print is not dead. I think that it's important to have one. My favorite source is moo.com. 
And I have an entire resource Rolodex on my website. But with Moo, what you can do is you can, do they have something called Printfinity? So you can either have different photos of yourself. So you can cater what photo is on the back of that card based on the recipient. Once I had inspirational quotes or like my little sound bites, like personal is professional, professional is personal. So after a speaking engagement, I would say pick a card, any card, and someone would like have some special takeaway from those business cards. So don't be afraid to get creative. You could also use the Printfinity to print some cards that have your phone number, some that don't. So it's a it's a really great tool, but I definitely think that it's important. Now, I don't always have them with me. So I always think that having a website is is super important. So you can say, oh, just go to TonyHowell.me and like it's there. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you, Tony, for this has been super, super helpful. I can't wait to go back and, and listen to this. I have a lot of homework that I need to do. But one last time, where where can people find you? Where do you want people to connect with you? Well, if you like this episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and give Lee a shout out and then tag me and let me know what you thought of the show. My social handle is Tony Howell, and you can hit me up on all of those. Uh, But my website is TonyHowell.me, and my email, look at that, my email is hello at TonyHowell.me. So yeah, that's that's the way to communicate, website, email, and social. Beautiful. So if listeners take only one thing away from this interview, we've talked about a lot of different things, what would you like that one thing to be? I think that, well, let's go back to the beginning and like, remember what a brand is. It's that emotional connection to your name and face, what people say about you when you're not in the room or when you're gone. So keep that in mind. And then one of, there's two things that I want to pass on beyond that. One is that your why is your way. So if you're only focused on what you want, what you want, I'm designing my future. My new year's resolution is this, like you may lose sight or it may not feel authentic anymore. So always remember to go back to the why, why are you alive on this planet? Why do you want a Broadway credit? Why do you want to be on network television? Why, why, why? That's going to help you figure out a different pathway, or maybe it takes a different shape. The second thing I want to say is I'm thrilled and honored to be here and thank you for listening to the end. But all of this branding, website, email, photos, all of the quote unquote expensive stuff is not as important as you being exceptional at your job. So whether it's a pizza parlor or whether it's an actor, if you're not great, if you're not amazing and word on the street is like, yeah, it's okay. You're not going to do well in business. So Invest your time, energy, and money in becoming exceptional so that no one else does you the way that you do it and that they're going to go look for an X type with X being your name. That is what I would want you to focus on and then come to the table and we can design your future. But that's that's the one thing I want to take away is marketing, networking, business, and all of that is great. But don't lose sight of the intention. You, you started acting in order to change lives. So become really great at that and then let the rest sort of come along for the ride. If you like this podcast, please go to your podcast app, scroll down and give me a rating or a review. Thank you for listening.